Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I surrender to Most 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We love God. I don't know that you understand what I mean, but we love God. I think even him sometimes he looks at me and says, Yeah, Apostle Grace, you love me. You put your name. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, verse 9. If you're there, you say, Amen. Hmm. One, two, three, let's go. Uh-huh. Ah. One, two, three, let's go. Be not carried about by diverse, strange doctrines. Uh-huh. The heart be established with grace, not with means which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Read it again. Be not carried about with diverse and what strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that our heart be established in grace, not with meats. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to say a very complicated message. So in the middle, if you feel offended, don't, don't move until I qualify myself because I need to qualify some of the words I'm going to say. Hallelujah. When the Bible says that be not carried about by diverse and strange doctrines, it's a good thing that our heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. It means there are people who are occupied in things that don't profit. Do you understand? There are people who are occupied in meats that don't profit. They are occupied in meats that don't profit. They represent a, a Jesus that does not profit. They represent a salvation that does not profit. They represent a life that does not profit. But the Bible tells you that they are indulged in these meats. In other words, they are not seated in the back. These are not people who don't have profit because they are indifferent to the word. No. These are people who don't have profit because they are established in meats. If the Bible says that with wisdom a house is built and with understanding a house is established, it means that there cannot be a place of establishment where there is no understanding. And there cannot be a, an understanding where there is no wisdom. Because the basis that qualifies wisdom is the understanding in every man's spirit. That is why the book of Proverbs says that understand, wisdom resteth where understanding is. When you say we carry understanding, it means wisdom is there. Hallelujah. So the people who are indulged in certain wisdoms with particular understandings and have gone past milk defined to meats established in their spirits, and the Bible says they are indulged in these things, but they don't profit them. So you see a life of Christianity that looks like it is so Christian, but it is not profitable. Yet the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that that God which called us, the Bible says, He teaches us to profit. God teaches us to profit. The primary instruction of Jehovah God is to make you and I profitable. You and I profitable. Hallelujah. In and out of season. Intended or unintended. Accidentally on purpose. Each one of us has been appointed to be beneficial. To be profitable. In other words, the anointing upon our lives produces profit. 
wherever we are. Hallelujah. But when they speak about people who are indulged in meat, they are established in meat where we are not profitable. I'm taken aback to many things that I've seen in the church every day today. Things that have become so common among us that they've become routine and, 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 and unaccepted in people's consciences as truth and true will, ways of worship. Yet in actual sense, these are very things that push us very far from God. Hallelujah. For example, when the Bible says that be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, okay? For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Paul is telling you that during that time there were diverse and strange doctrines. Hallelujah. And he said that the safe landing for every child of God is to establish the heart with grace. With grace. With grace. Not with meats. Wherein many have been occupied therein and have not profited. In other words, the ministry of the grace of God is the place that has to grant you a place of profiting. It's a place that gives you the ability, an extra divine ability to place things, do things that many people have tried and cannot. The grace of God teaches us to profit. Hallelujah. That's how you know that somebody is under a particular grace. That's how you know that somebody is seated under a particular favor. They carry a certain profit on their lives. They are not lost. Hallelujah. Some of you do not understand the most, the, the, the frustrating experience of, you see there are two kinds of people. Huh? There are people who don't know, but they know that they don't know. And therefore, they have that insatiable hunger to learn. Then there are people who know they know, yet they don't what? They don't know. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus starts to define offenses with the level of the way people think. To whom much is given, much is required. Thereby is judgment laid upon how much is given you. That is why the Bible says that in the days of ignorance, the Lord winks. He looks away. But now he calleth all men to repent. And to come what? He, next verse. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. Because he has what? Appointed a what? A day. In that which he will judge the world in right? Righteousness. By whom that man, by, sorry, by that man whom he had ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that that he raises him for the what? From the dead. Now, there is a place where you must, for example, if somebody is ignorant, ignorant, just ignorant, eh? God might see them make a mistake and he might not mind them. Do you understand? But then there is a place where people refuse knowledge. That is why when you read Hosea 4.6, you realize it's not the place where people just loosely don't know. It's the place where people resist knowledge. That is why it says, my people are destroyed because? For lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also add, Reject thee that thou should be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thine Lord, and I will also forget thine children. The people that are talking about in Hosea 4 6 are not people who don't know by reason of having not had access to being taught. The people who don't know are people who refuse to hear. They deliberately refuse to listen. They deliberately refuse to heed. 
They deliberately refused to give sound to. They refused to attend. They just refuse. There are people who just refuse. They hear something, they want to attack it and say about it and just go against it without necessarily taking time to first understand. They have rejected knowledge. Do you understand? There is a deliberate will in some people to just refuse to learn. And that is why the place that qualifies us as ministers of the gospel, always like Paul says, opt to teach. That is teachable and able to teach. Very important. If a man should require to be a bishop or whatever, the Bible says that he should be, that's okay, that's good. But they're gentle, they're apt to teach, beholding the doctrine of Christ in a pure conscience. It's very important. You know, when we're qualifying people in the church, I don't know why people just look at someone who has been in the church for 15 years and they say, ah, you're fit to be a pastor. No. They must hold the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Pure conscience. Because if a man carries a mystery of faith, but with a defiled conscience, it means that the faith will become unfeigned. Like the Bible says, they will start to minister, like the Bible says in Timothy, endless myths and genealogies. Ministering questions in the hearts of the hearers rather than godly edification, which is after faith. And it tells us that the end of the commandment is what? Is love out of a what? Pure conscience and faith and faith, from which some have strained away, swapped away and turned aside and too vain, jangling. Next verse. Uh-huh. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, nowhere of their farm. They don't know what they're saying or even the source from where they get these things, but they desire. And how a man stands up to be a teacher of the law and Paul defines them as vain jangling. Vain jangling means speaking useless and aimless things. The guy doesn't know what he's speaking about, neither from whence he affirms, but he's too sure about what he is and what he's speaking, and too convinced not to give even an ear to being corrected. And that, my friend, is the biggest problem in the Church of Christ today. Many people are unteachable, or some have built around themselves institutions that can't allow them to be taught. You get my point? And now we've repeated the very mistakes that you've seen in church history. Those things always exist. You, if you're a student of church history, you'll always realize that there is a point every time the Holy Spirit moves. Men, because of selfish desire and lust, are lasting. Many a time inclined to a legalistic spirit to contain attention for themselves of what God is up to. In the, first, in the second great awakening, a similar issue came up. God comes up in the second great awakening so greatly that God is moving a whole continent to seek God Men are risen up from different corners of the world. And during that time, the same battles that have existed in the body of Christ came upon those people. The Puritans started to fight the liberal. The liberals started to fight the transcendental. The transcendental started to fight the charismatic. The charismatic started to fight the faith, word of faith. The word of faith is fighting the Baptist. The Baptist is fighting the Methodist. The Methodist is fighting the, the liberal. The liberal is fighting the, 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 the Hellenist. The Hellenist is fighting the Judist. You understand? And there's also someone in the middle. Who do I know the difference? He fights with whoever he's fighting for. <laughs> if they're on the side of the charismatic, they fight for the charismatic. If they're on the side of what? And then before you know it, the gospel shifted from divine truth and the experience of the person of Jesus Christ and who he is to technical polemics. 
The place where men stood on the pulpit, instead of demonstrating the Christ, they debated him. Now we are competing between who is right, who is wrong. I don't think this is right in the scriptures. Listen, that is why the church is losing it. And that's why Uganda has to wake up. Because we are not interested in all these debates people are having between each other. No, we know the beginning of the gospel. The beginning of the gospel is if the heart is established in grace. What people are seeking for is an answer. If somebody has leukemia, they don't need to know the Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Evangelical, Anglican. They want Jesus Christ dead and resurrected, manifest in their lives the same yesterday, today and forever. If she has an issue, she wants it fixed. If it is a swelling, it has to go. Because that's who God is. And, and, and of course, I'm saying, ah, are you saying that, that, that miracles qualify us? Yes, they do. The life of the Spirit qualifies us. You know, I'm tired, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people who are identifying the cults in Uganda who are doing miracles. Oh, there's a guy, he sells water. Listen. I don't know him, he doesn't know me. It's none of my business if he sells water or wine. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? When people need an answer, they need an answer. Do you understand where I'm coming from? If you have an issue with that man, you preach the true gospel, demonstrate the true Christ, do the real miracle, we shall come. We shall come. Because we all want answers, don't we? Yes. If you feel that you have the answer, if I bring, let me tell you, I told people as in a bank, okay? And then there's this guy who was born again from another church. He's doing business. And then he loses his containers while he's shipping. The, well, from the shipping line, they were transitioned from Mombasa to Kampala. So his containers get lost. He goes to a man of God. Many men of God, they start to pray for him. He wants his containers back. He went to men of God, people we call prophets. He went, nobody told him where his containers were. Desperately, he goes to people, this guy they call a cult guy, somewhere. The cult guy tells the guy, now, if you get into your car, drive 12 kilometers Masaka Road. There is a road, you'll find a route there called this one. Then slope there, turn left, drive for 15 minutes, you'll find a young man there called Robert. Ask him, are you Robert? You say yes. Now behind there, your containers are there. Musumba. Kumanga, you see, the issue here is not that I'm supporting what he, the cult guy is or not. That's not what I was called to do. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? But is there no prophet in Israel? Are there only debaters of the gospel? We're just debating the gospel. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who stole? Who is not stole? Who is, not, who is this? Listen, people want answers let us give them truth but not questions you understand what i'm trying to tell you because that's information we can find it in a newspaper we can even read our own bibles but we need to receive a life are you hearing me to a point where a cult guy will also get born again and send home like simon the sorcerer the bible says that he saw power and he says no be not a because God also wants them. The Bible says he does not will that any man should perish. 
But he wills that all should come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the testimony of our Lord and Savior. Now, am I supporting the other guy or not? No, I'm not supporting the other guy or not. I'm only trying to tell you the church has to mind their own business. And preach Jesus Christ dead and resurrected. That's why we come for service. We don't come for service to know who stole. We come because we want Jesus. Are you hearing me? If you waste our time, we'll go where it is. Because what we want is the word. We got tired of rumors. We got tired of cheap talk and conjecture. We got tired. We, for us, we want God. We just want God. That's all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. We don't want to be entangled again in meats that profit us not. That was the problem in the second great awakening. And the church fell away. It needed guys like Grandison Finney to come later with a fresh thing again to kindle. Same thing with the children of Israel. The scriptures tell us that while they are free now to start building their own temple again because it was broken. The scriptures tell us that as they start to build and reaching in the middle, a few enemies come up. The Kutians and, 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 and the Samaritans, they want to get involved. The Zerubbabels and this group refuse and then there is a war and then before we know it, there's a frustration in the building of the temple. And the scriptures tell us, men abandoned the temple and went to build their own houses. And they left it in the middle. So by the time God raises up men like Haggai and Zechariah, these are prophets who are coming back to stir up something, not something new, but something that had been built and ended somewhere. You understand where I'm coming from? That is why it's very quick for us to say it is not by power. Eh? Zechariah 4, right? Not by might, uh-huh. but by my spirit. Is it 6? Uh-huh. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Uh-huh. He said, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. And that's where many of us end. But what does the next verse say? The next verse says, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a what? And he shall bring forth the headstone. How many of you understand the headstone? Oh, you don't get it. Give me the amplified. Very verse, 7. Uh-huh. Let's read. One, two, three, go. Who are you, O great mountain, of human obstacles, before Zerubbabel, who with Joshua had led the return of the exiles from Babylon and was undertaking the rebuilding of the temple before him. You shall become a what? A plain. A mere what? Molehill. And he shall bring forth the finishing gabble stone of the new temple with loud shoutings of the people crying. That's the stone that finishes the temple, not the law. That is the stone that finishes the new temple, not the law. It's expedient that the heart be established with grace. God is trying to give us a figure of speech that in that day, when we are defining a new temple, I shall entirely finish it. The last gobble of stone that has to, to fill and finish this building has to be a stone of grace. It can't be of the law. Because every time there was a place where the stone of the law was established in the lives of men, you and I know that through the law, or by the law, no flesh shall be justified. No flesh. 
Nobody can be justified. Yet we are speaking of a glory of the latter being greater than the glory of the former church. We're speaking of a new experience in the church of Christ like has never been before. Hallelujah. You're looking at a new definition of Jerusalem. You're looking at another picture of, of what the Lord has pertaining in church. Because he knows that from the beginning, he led you by Moses. And now the Bible says, he now speaks expressly by Christ. He says that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Hallelujah. He comes not only as a fulfillment of the law, but as the ability in us to fulfill the law. For it is God which worketh in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So that we're not now doing things to please a God. No. He's doing in us for his pleasure. Now according to him, you see that's why I, I hate religion. Because religion ends on the verse before. Verse 12. It says, therefore brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And then it says, tremble. You understand? But the next verse says, for it is God which worketh in you. Work out. But it is God who works. What is the implication? In other words, allow him to work in you. Don't work for God. Allow God to work in you. What we were taught over the years was how to work for God. No, 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 no. Allow him to get into your spirit. That he will start to work in your life. Both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But at the end of the day, when people look at you, they can say, this is God working. It cannot be a man. It cannot be a man. That is a challenge with religion. Hallelujah. That's the challenge with religion. Religion taught us to work for God. It is men reaching out, not God reaching out to men. That is why many people can't explain Jeremiah 31 verse 2. You know? He speaks of Israel, the experience of Israel. Give me that. Jeremiah 31 verse 2. He says, Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found what? Grace in the what? Wilderness. Even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. Oh. Oh. They were for sword and in the wilderness. And God himself went to cause Israel to, to rest. He went. Instead of finding judgment, they found grace. We were not taught of the God who comes up to cause us to rest. We were taught of that God who wants us to do 20 things for us to rest. Desiring to be teachers of the law. You know, I'm going to say something very crazy, but it's true. The most legal people I've met are Pentecostals. The most religious people. The most religious people I have met are Pentecostals. You might get stones. Because I want to assure you that even the disciples which received the Holy Ghost on that day were not celebrating Pentecost. They left the whole world to feast and then they entered inside 
There is nothing Pentecostal about the spiritual experience. That is why even now, when you want the Holy Ghost, we don't wait for Pentecost Day. The people who were in were not... In fact, the guys outside are saying, what are those guys doing? They're supposed to be feasting. They knew it was Pentecostal, Pentecostal Day. And then for them, they did what? They refused to celebrate Pentecost to wait on the Lord. Because the instruction was not tarry until Pentecost Day. No. He told them, tarry until the Spirit is come. The moment the Spirit was, it could have even come after Pentecost. But the challenge with us Christians is how we leave monuments around for us to establish relationships instead of the daily life that dwells in inside of us that is ready to do new things every day. Because out of this treasure that the Lord has put in us, the Bible says, floweth both new and old. We're supposed to have the oldest wisdom, but yet the newest things coming out of our spirits. God has not called us to set only monuments and refer to those monuments as experiences of the Christ. How our grandfather saw God is different from the way we want to see God. And it's going to be different from the way our children are going to see God. If their God gave them fees for us who are educated, we didn't even know that fees can run out. So we have to believe for something better. From glory to glory. Until we may move to the full stature, the very image, the very image and likeness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Whether you want it or not. The tides have changed. And if you either wake up and smell the coffee or not, it's really up to you. Because evidently, in certain places, the brooks have dried up. Some people don't teach anymore. They are too predictable. That when they start, you know where they are going. And some of us have been in church for so long. That when somebody says, the king Uzziah died, I know where he's going. They are going to kill another Uzziah. But you don't, you say it doesn't need to die for you to see the Lord. No. The writer was trying to use that as a, a reference point of death. In that year when Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He didn't say that Uzziah had to first die to see God. No. He used the death of Uzziah as a death. Religious people got the Uzziah's death. One time I found a man telling people, Your Uzziah must die if you must see God. We could use Uzziah, Makaya Baba, the Uzziah of poverty, the Uzziah of restlessness, the Uzziah of barrenness, the Uzziah of what? Mama, we went through intercession, we killed Uzziah, we stung down Uzziah, we beat Uzziah. Kumbe, it wasn't the guy's fault. Listen, it has nothing to do with anything outside. The Bible says nothing from without can defile a man. Nothing from without can defile a man. Nothing from outside. Nothing from outside can def- nothing from outside can defile a man. But that which is from within. Hallelujah. So the experiences that we're trying now to transition through as a church or a, a people, we want to get to a point where your true identity is born again. You understand? That's who I am. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I'm not a Pentecostal. I'm a child of God. Born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Born of 
not of flesh and blood. Hallelujah. Because when God dealt with us over the years, some of us even took too long to say the things we saw. Because they looked too wrong until you started attending. That's when we realized, no, God wasn't speaking to only us. He was speaking to multitudes of people that there's something about how I hear the Bible. People lost interest in the word. And the people do worship and praise and they get their bags and go back home and eat holy grail. But now, someone can even sit in the word and study and want to read it and know what it says. Buy another version. Go back home and listen to a CD. Why? Because now the gospel has life. It has life. There's a parent who has a kid doing homework. But you look as if you don't even care. Not because you don't want to do homework with your child. But no, you're preparing for the future. You're preparing for the future. We can't invest in this and go wrong. It's impossible. No, the Bible speaks of that truth that tendeth to godliness. If we are speaking truth, God will manifest. And if God does manifest, then therefore the world will see and know that the God that we believed was actually alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So at the end of the day, what we're trying to do here is, we're not trying to point individuals out to say this guy did this. That's why you don't hear us mention names here. But you must admit that the church has to really wake up and smell the coffee because something wrong is happening. Something wrong is happening. The other day I was driving and I was putting on a car and then I'm putting on a radio, in a radio and, and, and I'm in a car and I'm listening to this guy doing a, a, a countdown kind of thing, gospel songs. And every song that was being played for on, the, every song that was being played was not inspiring. Today, every musician wants to sing. Studios are full of gospel guys. You understand? Some of us, let me tell you, me the first time I understood worship, eh? I understood it differently. I understood worship in a very different... In fact, the first miracle I ever saw of a lame girl getting in line were in Entebbe. We were worshiping. Me, that's how I know. That worship used to heal, deliver, you understand? But in our days... You go to a concert, mama, mama, mama. It's like MJ born again, but M, a born again version of MJ. You don't relate. You don't understand. There is no spirit. There is no life. You hear songs and, and, and they represent the almost experience of scarcity of vision. And the word was scarce. And there was no vision, open vision. Revelation is scarce and there is no open vision. Somebody says, I, the Lord gave me this song. And that's when I realized people make God talk all the time. <laughs> you listen to the song and you're like, no. This is not God. This is not God. I want to feel those things I used to feel back in those days. Are you hearing me? And a woman was saying, and then you feel the Holy Ghost is moving. I want to feel those things. You understand? I want somebody to get a microphone and I feel like something is going through. It's electrical, but it's telling me there is somebody in the room. I don't see him, but he's there. That's how I want to feel. Call me fanatic, it's up to you. But for some of us know how to feel when God is in a place. You, you can act all your movies, but when he starts to come, we can feel him. 
At least that part of us is not dead. You understand? We want to get to a point where men can fall prostrate. Seek God enough that after, after shows, people can say, in New Testament show, blind eyes opened, a few deaf people came, they brought a dead man in the worship service. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wait for that worship day of Friday. Hallelujah. Jesus never gathered men and he did nothing. But today, we teachers, preachers, we can teach and do nothing and go back home. Nothing. You think 5,000 guys can follow a guy who can't feed them? They might be desperate, but they're not dumb. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Hallelujah. Because the last end of that stone that has to come and fill that, to cover that whole line, the last stone that has to touch this new temple has to be grace. And men ought to show grace to it. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, hi, yeah, 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 yeah. get your stones. The law made nothing perfect. That is very serious. He says, for the law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did that which we did, did, did sorry, but the bringing in of a better hope did by that which we draw nigh unto God. The law made Give me the amplified of that. I want to read it for you. Uh-huh. That is even worse. Anything. The law never made anything perfect. The law never made anything perfect. Nothing perfect. But grace does make perfect. Hallelujah. What does the message version say? Uh-huh. Very important. The law brought nothing to maturity. That means as long as you're under the law, you can't be mature. It doesn't matter the position you hold in the church. If you're still under the law, you're still immature. That is why Hebrew speaks of a place where men have, 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 he speaks of, of, of priests with infirmities. He speaks of the law which creates priests with infirmities. For the law maketh high priests which have infirmity. They have weaknesses. Yet they are men of God. You don't get it. The Bible says that the law maketh men priests with infirmities. They have weaknesses. Because they want us to think. You see, let me tell you. Trials exist in the gospel. But they don't, are not supposed to be a place of us being indifferent enough to think that we ought to be weak. Do you understand? Even in them trials, we ought to stand out strong. Are you with me? But we got to a point where you see a priest with infirmity. He's a man of God, but his clothes are torn. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Do you get what I'm trying to tell you? Oh, poverty is bad. Oh. We used to go to preach and then people park cars. And then for you come off a border, a preacher man, and you're full of dust. And you've come to, re- <laughs> to speak of the risen Lord. 
No. The Bible says the servant of God should not strive. <laughs> Receive it. It's not easy. You should not strive. Look the gospel. Look the gospel. So that when you go there, they realize they need you. <laughs> Look at Jesus. Imagine Jesus had torn clothes in his... They even had to debate over the guy. They even had to, to press Allah on the guy's clothes. Because it was serious. It, it, I don't think it was cheap. <laughs> uh-uh. They had to... Yeah. Yeah. It was too expensive to be torn. And everyone takes something. You get my point? Now, of course, if somebody has, has a religious spirit, they say, ah, prosperity gospel. No. <laughs> no, no. I'm preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some people glory in poverty. You know me, even if I'm poor, as long as I have God. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, you mean to say everyone with a smartphone doesn't hear God? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Have a smartphone and hear God. In the name of Jesus. He teaches us to profit. You're in a border, the rain hits you, and then you enter a meeting like a sick chicken. Then you say, praise God. No, I refuse that. For any servant of God, I refuse that. In the, for anybody who, who, who speaks of the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, that should not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the good Lord. That is why when you go back to Hebrews, you're going to realize the ultimate thing. Again, we're at 1399. I want to finish that and then probably get out of here. He says, in the next, he says, Be carried not about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace and not with meat, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Listen to the next verse. He says, We, now this, this is very serious. He says, We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle the other guys that is the day realize that the altars are not the same we are on two different altars wake up some of you think even me i can go and then i do legal a bit then i be low you, you listen you can't balance the grace no the instruction in peter is growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. That's the instruction. That's the instruction. You can't balance, but you can fall off grace. But you can't balance grace. Some people say, let us balance. Hey, let us balance. There are some people who preach it extreme. Let me tell you, there is nothing called extreme. And if it is in the grace of God, then everyone needs it. Because if it's favor, you need extreme favor. You get my point? Do you understand? The only issue now is, oh, they say, oh, some people say that Simanye, you don't need to fast and pray. That's them saying it's their problem, not yours. Praise the Lord. Now, when they find you fasting, again, they will say, they say you don't have, because you can never change that. Are you hearing me? They're not ready to change. Some people say, oh, they preach grace. They are not fasting. When we're in a 40 day fast, they don't tithe. When we're, you know, so at the end of the day, we realize, no, the problem was the altars. The altars were different. 
No man can, can, can read from an altar he doesn't sacrifice from. It's impossible. You understand? So when the Bible says we have an altar whereof they have no right, it means that they can't access the things we have access to. They can't have access to the things we have access to. And then is also another problem. Because some of you are going to have things certain men want to have but they can't have. Because you're on different altars. They don't have the righteousness. Because the righteousness on them is of works. But the righteousness on us, like Hebrews 3, 2, 1, Romans 3, 21 is crazy. He says, and now the righteousness, but now, listen, read it in English. The righteousness of God without oh, is made being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even Moses witnesses it. He's saying the righteousness that we were taught was don't steal, now you're righteous. But he's speaking of a righteousness without the law. And next verse, which is even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of, not in, of Jesus Christ. Jesus is in you and he has faith. Even the righteousness of Jesus Christ and to all and upon all of them that do what? Believe. For there is no difference. For all have what? Sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his word. Grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. I don't know that you need English. Have been. Have been justified freely. Freely. Now whether you want to accept it or not, whether it works for you or it doesn't, the righteousness of this new creature is not based on works. It's based on faith. Now, does that mean that we should? You see, that's the thing. How, why are you creating evil in righteous beings? So that doesn't mean we should, do, we should do evil. Why are you creating evil in righteous men? You understand? The altars are different. The altars are what? Are different. That's why even in Romans 6, Paul asks the same question. First huh? one. Huh? What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? And he says what? Next verse. How? How? How do you continue? Because at that level, he even doesn't know how. You see, so as our question is how, for them they end only in God forbid. That's where they end. And then they switch off. Yes. Because the altar is what? Different. Do you get where I'm coming from? Let's go back and I finish. He says we have a what? An altar from which they cannot eat. Them which serve at the tabernacle. And next verse. Uh-huh. For the bodies of those beasts uh-huh, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Uh-huh. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the, the gate. Uh-huh. Let us go forth therefore and to him without the camp, bearing his word. That's the instruction. Listen, 
we can't be with the camp anymore. Some of you don't understand. I asked somebody one day, have you ever asked yourself why the church at Jerusalem died? Jerusalem. Not any other church. Jerusalem. The church at Jerusalem died. Jerusalem. You go to Jerusalem and you find total Judaism. I found a, a, a Jew there and they were saying, for them they don't believe Jesus came. Ah! Black skin, Apostle Grace is believing. For you even have historical sites. They can't even show where his last foot was. Blessed are them which believe when they have not seen. <laughs> Do you understand? How did they get to a point where Christ died in Jerusalem? How could Jesus have died in the courts? How could his testimony have been decimated? How could it have been destroyed in Jerusalem? Where the history is. When Mohammed has not left the Kaaba in Mecca. But our God Jesus left that Jerusalem temple. Let me tell you. Eh? The Lord told me that the church in Uganda, Nomino, if they are not careful, they will end up like the church in Jerusalem. One time men are going to enter class and not find God. I mean church and not find God. And it has started. The gospel now is sheer religion and politics. Someone spends a whole hour telling people to use mosquito nets. What? Vote wisely. No, we are led by the Holy Ghost. How can you tell me to vote wisely? Can I, how can you give even a provision of me voting foolishly? He has been made my wisdom, my redemption and sanctification. Hallelujah. The scriptures speak of us not removing the landmarks. Because God has ordained us to judge the seasons. We're in a dispensation where men ought to be judging season, underlining the foundations that are out of course. And then there are people who are just wasting time in the church. Wasting time. People sometimes these days even just go to church because they have to go. But they don't go to church to learn anything new. Learn to forgive each other. Learn to love each other. Learn to work hard. Those are obvious. There has to be more. I want to apprehend that which Christ apprehended me for. I want somebody to realign me to the third, fourth and fifth generation dimension of the spirit i want to know christ dead and resurrected i want to grow in wisdom i want to epignosco i want to gnosco and prognosco i want to sunesis and epignosis i i want to submorphosis and metamorphosis i am that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and that i may be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law. Uh, that was even very serious. He says, not having my own righteousness. Which is of the law. But that which is through faith, again, of Christ. Not in Christ. But the faith of Christ. And to get to a point where the righteousness that I carry is Christ in me. 
the hope of glory. That very mystery that was hid from the ages past but now revealed that when the Christ speaks out of me, he speaks the things that become sound doctrine, the things that are right before men, the things that are aligned eternally by truth and manifest the person of Jesus Christ while I preach him. The Bible is very clear on Peter. He goes to the house of Cornelius with the heart, with the Spirit of God, full of the Spirit. And the Bible says, and while he yet spake, the Holy Ghost came upon them. We are dreaming of days when men, while men are speaking, the Holy Ghost comes. While men are worshipping, the Holy Ghost comes. While men are preaching, the Holy Ghost comes. While the evangelist is delivering a message, the Holy Ghost comes. While you testify at your place, the blind eye open, open. It just pops up. While we yet speak. While we yet speak. We want to have a place where we have a unity of faith enough. Not because we have a common cause only. But because we are established in the same dimension of understanding. That the realms by which we understand have gone past the simplest illusions of the, of, 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 of the, the first principles of the oracles. The Bible calls them the first principles of the oracles. There are secondary principles of the oracles. There are third principles of the oracles. There are fourth principles of the oracles. But we're still in the first principles of the oracles. Repentance of dead works and faith unto God. We're still working out things unto God they are dead because your righteousness is as filthy rags. Stop working and start to live by the faith of the Christ. Start to live by the faith of the Christ. Start to live by the faith of the Christ. Paul says again in Philippians, like he said, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the faith which is of Christ Jesus. Not the faith which is in Christ. That when we are laying hands on the sick, we don't lay hands on the sick believing on Jesus to heal. No, we're laying hands on the sick because the Christ in us is believing to heal. That the affairs of results is not the indulgence of how much we fix our mental affections to things. But the results are entirely of the truth which is in us. For you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So, grace is not just a gospel. It is the person of Jesus Christ. It is by which a man's heart ought to be established. Otherwise, let me tell you, these days, my, my heart bleeds when I see men who are alienated from the life which is of God. Because of the hardness of their heart, the darkening of their understanding, a veil has covered them like this. The Bible says, And this I testify, and therefore testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth not walk as the other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Uh -huh. Having under their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. But he says, but that is not how you so learn Jesus. Jesus is not the life that comes to blind us. He's the life that comes to give us light. Because the entrance of his word brings light. That the eyes of your understanding being flooded with light. You might know what is the hope of your calling. What are the glorious riches of the inheritance of the saints. The exceeding greatness of power that worketh within us. The place where them that have received the free gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace shall reign in life. By this one man, Jesus. The place where the church is going to start to reign. Where Christians are going to reign. Where wherever you are, you shall be at the top of it. He said you shall be the head and not the tail. He said you shall be above and not beneath. That's who we are. But the church died in Jerusalem. 
And I can see the transition of that little boy, Paul Tarsus of Cilicia, going to Gamaliel, changed in Damascus, taught in Arabia, comes back to Damascus. The message is preaching in Jerusalem is not understood. He's being beaten and followed up by Jewish proselytes everywhere he goes because they are persecuting him for this one thing. He has a message that is different from Moses. But there is one thing I will promise you. The Bible says be of good cheer. You have overcome them. You're not going to overcome. You have overcome. We are kept by the power of the Lord. Brethren, let us wake up. If we are believing in the grace, let us believe in it. If you want to gold ego, gold ego. When you get tired, come back. If you're building, build the grace. Build the grace. Build the grace. Don't build the law. Build the grace. Because that's what you believe. But some of you, even your convictions can't separate seven and eight. So you cast both to seven and eight, waiting for an evil day when you cast your bread. Because you still anticipate evil. You say, set your mind on things above. I am praying for you today. And my one ultimate prayer is simple. My eyes have opened to the ignorance that is in people. And, and, and a lot of pain has gripped my soul. Because there are people who teach something they know not, neither from where they are from. And they are blind men leading blind people. And now you look at the lives of many Christians. They are indulged in myths that profit their not. You find a Christian, they have a whole dictionary of generational curses. You know every demon. No, no. This is eternal life. That you might know the one true God and his own son. The church of Christ, listen, has got to start to invest in knowledge. We have to, the days of ignorance have come to an end. It doesn't matter your age. Uh-uh. No God. So when you start to speak out of the abundance of your spirit, rivers of living water will flow. People will testify that he's not functioning or she's not functioning just by a gifting, but by the knowledge. And then he says, grace and peace. Be, that's a commandment. Multiply through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the epignosis of him. Not the gnosko. Through the advanced knowledge. Epignosis is the complete and, 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 and advanced knowledge through the epignosis of him that has called us unto glory and virtue according as he has given us great and what? Precious promises by these that you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption which is in this world through lust because when you are carnal you walk by the principle of lust when you're, spirit, when you're spiritual you walk by the principle of purpose hallelujah somebody raise your hands and say it's working in my life I want you to speak in other tongues. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody speak in other tongues. Tell God, I want to know you. Tell God, I want to know you. 
in the secret, in the quiet place. Take a moment and speak to God. In the stillness, you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour, only for I want to know you more. I want to know you. Speak to God. Just take a moment and talk to God. Just take one minute before we finish and just tell God I want to know you. stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. I pray that as you hunger to know God that he will be revealed unto you. That same Jesus dead and resurrected. That same God who changes the unchangeable. Who uplifts the lowly. That God who does great and mighty things. God be revealed to somebody tonight. something is working in you. You're up to something. Come on, somebody, speak another tongue. The glory of the latter church shall be greater than the glory of the former. The Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Release nations. Release nations. Oh, I see an anointing. Take it. I feel an anointing here. Just receive it. I feel a spirit of revelation. Separating somebody now. Holy Ghost! I 
see a spirit of revelation. God is going to reveal himself to you like never before. You're going to hear the voice of God like never before. Listen. A while ago, I just saw about seven prophetic teachers. They're prophetic, but they're teachers. Wherever they are, Holy Ghost. Wherever they are, Holy Ghost. There they are. There they are. There they are. One, two, three, four, five. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You'll prophesy, but you're going to teach. I see a great teaching anointing on your life. I see. I see a healing anointing on your life. A very mighty healing anointing on your hands. Thank you, Lord. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to straighten that hand up and say, I want to be born again. Put up your hand if you want to be born again. I see hands behind there. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I see hands on the side. If you've just raised your hands, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died and rose again. And I confess tonight that you're the Lord of my life. I am saved. I'm born again. In Jesus' mighty name. If you just give your life to Christ, come to this guy. He's going to take your number and we're going to follow you up. Let's pray for the offering. Father, the Bible says that you give seed to the sow and bread to the eater. Multiply their fruit. God bless these men and women who have stood with this ministry, God. Bless their going in and bless their going out, God. May their bonds break forth every day. And then may their nets hold more each day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.